All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I got Kurt Johnson with us. So welcome to the show, man. Nice to be with you. You too. Um, and just before we start off, apologies to everyone. I am a little sick and I got a puppy here. So there might be a couple interruptions, but hopefully not too many. So be good, Stormy. Um, so before we uh, get started, can you tell us a little bit more about you and what you got going on? Sure. Well, my uh, main shtick is I'm the world's number one twin flame coach. I've coached over 7,000 twin flames. And everybody who goes through my program comes out the other end and realizes I'm a creator. So I also opened up a law of attraction coaching program as well. So that's my that's my thing. That's how my did, shtick. How did you course. get... How'd you get into the? And actually, before we even get there, what what is a twin flame? Because I think some people might not know what that is. Oh yeah. Well, if you look on the internet, you're gonna get the impression that a twin flame is just like a soulmate, only better somehow. When you listen to most people describe a twin flame, they go, "Here, we're gonna talk about twin flames," and then you listen to what they say, and you're like. Well, that's the same thing as a soulmate. What's the difference? And they don't have a good answer. Yeah. So this is where I came onto the scene about six years ago and shook things up. And I was like, guys, wait a minute. Somebody already figured out what this is. It's not subjective. It's objective. What a twin flame is. And it's basically, it's your past life incarnation. It's somebody you used to be in the first person. So where twin flames came from, the, the realization of this phenomenon, somebody figured out that there's this phenomenon where you can meet another incarnation of your soul, and it turns out it was one of your past lives. Because, um, you know, time is nonlinear, right? So reincarnation is like a time machine. You can hop all around. And so your twin flame is somebody who you were, you know, 15, 20, 30 lifetimes ago. Well, anyway... Um, that's always been what it was. And then the internet comes along, gets a hold of twin flames and turns it into this big fantasy land soulmate thing. And there's even like a, a twin flame cult. Hmm. They are getting outed at the moment. There's like a Netflix docu-series about them. Um, but they're not twin flames. They are just confused. They are a conventional couple. It's a conventional relationship what people have always called soulmates and they just think twin flames sounds like the, the name twin flame. Yeah. They think it sounds cute, romantic and stuff. And that's got nothing to do with it. Like I said, the internet got a hold of twin flame and then totally is playing a game of telephone with it. But again, originally the original teaching is it's your soul. It's, it's you, it's one soul in two bodies. And it's really, what I've come to figure out is it's a lot of different bodies because how many past lives have you lived? Probably thousands. So it wouldn't be any different than if you met any one of those other people. Now, what happens when you meet your twin flame is they are a catalyst for your spiritual awakening. It's a real shock to your system. And it comes with the full suite of ego, death, dark night of the soul, experience you know the classical spiritual awakening template kundalini activation all of these amazing spiritual gifts emerge uh and and this type of thing 
And what I was able to do six years ago when I came onto the scene was get everybody back to the original Twin Flame teachings. So what the teachings were before the internet came along and said, it's just like a soulmate. And get people to stop focusing on this person, stop chasing them, stop obsessing over them, and realize the greater spiritual awakening that's taking place. And what's interesting is when you do that, yeah, your life changes in ways that you weren't expecting. It's a, it's a drastic explosion of consciousness. Um, but also, if you don't focus on the person and you just make the awakening the purpose instead of the person that's when the person comes back anyway and then the person they want to talk to you really bad all of a sudden they don't they don't reject you anymore because that's kind of mm -hmm. one of the things like you meet them it's all cool there's a little love bubble face at the beginning and then they reject you they run away and you crash and burn and that kickstarts your ego death and the people that make the little twin flame fantasy land thing about soulmates that you see on the internet, the people who make it that way are the ones whose twin flame runs the hardest. Their twin flame will never talk to them. People come through my program and they're like, Kurt, I spent $10,000 on twin flame coaching. It turns out it was not twin flame coaching. They just called it that. It made things worse. I paid like $300 for your program and my twin flame won't leave me alone now. <laughs> Plus I'm having all of these amazing, you know, spiritual experiences. I'm manifesting abundance. I'm starting to see the greater uh, vista of truth also in our world. You know, how our true, how our world truly is governed and that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience and and this type of thing so that's the short version of the long story of, of what i do yeah okay so um so let's go i'm gonna go back to my other question i just wanted to make sure because i actually didn't know uh exactly what it was so this is this is good for me now and this is actually the main reason i do the podcast because i get to learn a lot so it's all selfish reasons here <laughs> um self-interested um, very, yeah, I'm very curious guy. So I've done about, I think around 2,500 episodes now. So it's pretty, pretty crazy. Nice. I, I absolutely love it. It's, uh, it's, it's probably my favorite like business related thing to do. Um, you just get to sit so, around and talk about cool stuff all the time. I know. I'm like, cause when I thought about it, I started it like four or five years ago and I was like, this is something I could see myself doing when I'm like 80 years old and I would still enjoy yeah. it. And by then you know, VR will be probably, I mean, it'll probably be something even way past that. Um, right. You'll actually feel like you're sitting next to the person, like really actually feel that way, probably. Um, so what about when you were younger, let's say like middle school, what uh, did you think your trajectory was? And then what kind of change? Because I'm assuming you weren't thinking you were going to be doing this when you were older, or maybe you did. That, that would be really cool if that was the yeah, case. Yeah, how, how did that all kind of evolve, I guess, is the question. Well, when I was in middle school, I thought I wanted to be an astronaut. And I was serious, too. I um, My parents even took me to get flying lessons as long as yeah. I was doing good grades. Um, that's something I've always been really super fascinated in. You know, when I was little, 
when I found out that we sent people all the way to the moon and brought them back, I was like, how? I have to know how they did that. Yeah. You know, it just It started this whole process of just absorbing information about space travel and engineering and the technology behind that. And of course, you know, as everybody knows, space travel, it, it, it branches off into all of these different scientific and engineering disciplines electronics chemistry all of those things um and earth sciences everything um so that is what began my intense fascination with science and physics those are things i'm extremely knowledgeable about um going into high school i picked up public speaking i was a speech champion in high school, I went to all these tournaments and, and all that kind of thing. Now, underlying all of that was always weirdness going on. Um, like when I was five, I had my first out-of-body experience. And mm. I was visited by physical angels, physical apparitions. Um, I was five. They said my I was alone in my bedroom. And I heard my name and a feather fell from the ceiling. Now there's no feathers in the house anywhere. Nobody's got a feather coat. There's no feather pillows. And also it was a big feather. And I had that feather until I was at least 17. I think my mom accidentally threw it away or something, you know, when she was cleaning the house or something, but the reason that is significant is because you know how little kids make stuff up, they imagine things, and you know, well, yeah. I had feather until I was of adult age. I was 17 and I still had the thing. Um, and that's not the only time stuff like that has happened, but it started early. And um, you know, that's kind of the story of my life. There's a whole playlist on my YouTube channel that I made about all of the weird <laughs> spiritual experiences I've had all throughout my life, showing me that there is something else. And now we live in a really interesting time, Tyler, where science is uncovering that it could be true, and it likely is, that the universe is mind. And if you ask a guy like Greg Shayton or Lothar Schaefer, or Christoph Cook. These are all top shelf physicists, mathematicians. These aren't guys doing stuff out of their basement with a tinfoil hat on. These are highly respected scientists who oversee large university science departments, multiple PhDs. They've written hundreds of peer reviewed scientific research papers on and on and on. Those are the guys today that are talking about, we think consciousness is fundamental we think the universe is mind and we live in a participatory universe. And yes, when you do the thing that we call die, you return to this ocean of consciousness. Yes, that is a thing. There is no death. And they are able to demonstrate that in a laboratory. These are physicists who are saying these things. They're not telling you this on TV. And as you know, Tyler, Television is put there to lie to you, you know, go back to your corporate job, punch your clock, pay your taxes, watch football, be a good little tax slave, yada, yada. They're not going to tell you what science is uncovering right now. But 
you know, somewhere around half of the science community is moving into this, it's called information science, where we think information is fundamental to physical reality. In other words, mind. So the universe is mental, which means we are living in a gigantic organism called the all, God, the superconsciousness. So these things are real. So you have a very interesting convergence with a guy like me where I've always been obsessively fascinated with science and I've had all of these really cool spiritual experiences. And I guess this path just kind of led me to that. Or maybe I was led to where I am. That's what I think. I feel like my whole life story um, prior to my awakening six years ago was like being prepped for this. So I have the perfect set of skills to do what I'm doing. It's, it's weird. And I've noticed life works like that if you surrender to it. Definitely. I can relate to that. Um, okay. So I have like six different questions I want to try to organize. Well, first one, just because I want to get this off my mind. Do you, because we were talking about before um, Alex Jones and stuff. So do you think the the moon landing was real? <laughs> oh, unequivocally. Yeah, it was. And it's easy okay. to prove that it's real. What is not real is that they make it look so hard to travel into space. Okay. And so the conventional space program is a front. It is real. Um, what I think is conspiratorial with the moon landings is what they found on the moon why we didn't go back yeah um, that's my biggest thing like why haven't we gone yeah. back yet right yeah and i've got some questions about the moon the moon is very strange it's much larger than it ought to be there's no other planet that or in our solar system or exoplanet in other solar systems that we have ever identified that have a moon as large as ours is proportionally. Also, the moon appears to be either porous or hollow. And I don't want to say that it's hollow, um, but it has an inside. Let's just put it that way. And it, I don't mean like the earth where there's a molten core and and this type of thing yeah moon they've actually they, they struck the moon okay so here's what they did so apollo 11 landed they left a size a size was it apollo 11 or 12. pretty sure it was 11. it was either 11 or 12. they left us they left a seismometer the following mission they they rammed the third stage of the Saturn V rocket into the moon as hard as they could. And the moon rang like a bell, quote, rang like a bell for hours after that. And that was from a NASA engineer who said that. Hmm. So the moon is very strange. Um, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be there. It is. It, it's obviously an anomaly now what that means i don't know and mm. i'm not really willing to speculate i'm i think i'm what you would call a conspiracy realist 
you know, it's not a conspiracy theory if it's true, right? So for me, I have to have something. I have to have some evidence for things. I do have a very critical mind, but what I've realized over the years is there's definitely plenty of evidence to substantiate those types of things. You know, like mm -hmm. one world government and that we've been visited by extraterrestrials. You know, humans were created in a laboratory kind of thing. I mean, there's evidence for this stuff, lots of evidence. They just don't tell you that on television. So, you know, more specifically to your question, you know, the moon landings, oh yeah, they're real. And actually the, the moon landing conspiracy theories, what I have found actually assist you in demonstrating how the technology did work and how we actually did go to the moon. When you realize how the technology did work, it's yeah. actually kind of a handy. I've taught class about I've taught classes about space travel. So you can use the moon landing conspiracies to contrast to how the technology really did work. So it's actually kind of a handy teaching tool. I don't buy <laughs> the moon landing conspiracy theories. It's that's really easy to prove that we didn't go there. It's just like I said, the main thing is what is up with the moon? I don't know. All I know is that there is something up with the moon. I don't know what it is. And number two, again, the, the 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 conventional space travel technologies, rockets, you know, controlled explosions, it's a front. It's a front. They have better technology. Mm -hmm. And I know who they is, by the way. I'm not just going to give you the, you know, conspicuous they word. I know who they is. I can name names, and I'm sure you can too. That's a real thing. Yeah. Okay, well. All right, let's go down that path then. So, like, New World Order, that, like, who is they? Because actually, I mean, I think that this becomes the argument a lot of times when people talk about, let's say, the vaccines or anything of uh, people trying to control the masses. The question from the, uh, the opposition is always, like, who's they? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the people can't answer. They're like, well... You know, it's Hillary Clinton, it's Bill Gates, you yeah. know, it's, but They're it's like, managers. exactly. Yeah. So it's like, who, I don't know if I do know who the they is really, if I'm being honest. like, I mean, I've watched, um, good or not, I probably thousands of hours of Alex Jones. So I, I have some ideas <laughs> and they're, they're somewhere in my subconscious at this point. Yeah. Um, but you know, is there actually a definitive like small group of individuals pulling the yeah. lever and everything. Yeah. And I, I don't think my answer will come as much of a surprise to you. You can trace um, these bloodlines way, way back. The Rothschilds, the Vanderbilt's, uh, um, the Rockefeller family. Yeah. Um, and you can trace those bloodlines back too um, because they believe they are the perfect ones. Mm. So they believe that their bloodline traces all the way back to, you know, like pre-Sumeria. Like we're talking Atlantis. Yeah. Um, and who the they is at that time, I think the correct answer would be otherworldly. And that sounds fucking insane to even say that. I, I, it sounds crazy. Like I, 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 I feel a little crazy saying that, 
because we've been told that stuff's not real. Go back to sleep. We've been told that stuff for so long. Yeah. So why I would feel crazy saying that I think is just conditioning. But the fact is the current, you know, global elite gutter level scumbags is what they really are. Um, <laughs> but the ruling class, the, the Rothschilds, you know, uh, uh, the, the World Economic Forum um, steering committee, if you will, those guys are middle managers. Bill Gates, um, what's his name with the bald hair, with the bald head? He looks literally like Dr. Evil. Ran right on the top. Oh, uh, Carl. Yeah, isn't it something like Carl Fobbs or something? Or I'm, I'm not getting it exactly right. It's something like that, though. Yeah, why can't I think of his name? Yeah, it's something. I, I say his name like every other day talking to my students about it. You'd think I could remember that. I'm just having a brain fart, I guess. But anyway, that guy, Klaus Schwab, I think. Yeah, um, that's, that's it. I pretty Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like an upper middle manager still, okay? The Rothschilds, really, that bloodline is probably the one that goes the furthest back. Um, I don't even think the super elite themselves know exactly everybody who they supposedly are related to when you trace the bloodlines far enough back. Maybe they do. There could be secret knowledge um, that they're holding on to. They, there is occulted knowledge um, that hasn't made its way into the public domain yet. Um, you know, you've got a thing like, Hermetic philosophy, which somehow that got leaked into the public domain, but who the bloodlines are when you go far enough back, either they don't know or they're not telling us. But, you know, like I told you, the usual suspects, you can kind of start there. The Rothschilds being the big one, um, and, you know, the DuPont family, the Dow family. You know, they're all intermarried. They're all interbred. Um, you know, they have had problems. Um, they, they used to interbreed so much that, you know, the children would come out deformed and stuff like that. I, I don't know if you've ever heard about that, but that's how seriously so. they take preserving this bloodline. Now, again, where that goes, if you start tracing their bloodline back, so the modern-day elite families – where that goes when you start tracing it backwards from them, I don't know. If you go back 10,000, 100,000, 500,000 years. Now, I did just attend uh, earlier this last year here the Ancient Civilizations Conference at Gaia Studio. So I'm in Denver, and Boulder is the headquarters of Gaia. And um, they have this in-person event. That you could go to it was really cool they had Greg Braden was there uh i had a whole host of speakers uh most notably was um eric von daniken who is the guy who first started taking the ancient aliens stuff seriously and it's gotten to a point now where everybody's pretty clear that it's really obvious <laughs> <laughs> The history of Earth is definitely not what we're told in school at all. 
It's not very hard to prove that. There was a great battle for Earth between two alien warring factions at some point. As far back as perhaps even almost a million years ago, hmm. um, the amount of artifacts around the world that point to this as part of the history of Earth is overwhelming. So normally when you look on the television or when you're looking at any other establishment um, approved system like Google or the educational system or any of these kinds of places at all, they're going to give you the impression that maybe the Egyptian pyramids and the Mayan pyramids and Stonehenge and that's it. Actually, there are hundreds of thousands of artifacts all over the world. They just don't talk about it a lot. They're giving you this. They always do this, too. They give you this scarcity impression. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of unexplained things. We don't know. They're just anomalies. No, they are not anomalies. There are literally hundreds of thousands of artifacts all over the world. And if your uh, listeners would like to check out a documentary to kind of get them started on what I'm talking about, watch Chariots of the Gods. Chariots of the Gods was the um, seminal work of Eric Von Daniken, who I mentioned earlier. He flew all over the world and filmed all this stuff back in the 60s when almost nobody knew about it. And now everybody knows about it. And, you know, they got the cable TV series, um, Ancient Aliens, you know, the guy with the big hair, whatever the guy's name is. You know, you know who I'm talking about. And yeah. the guy, he doesn't question anything at all, ever. I'm not really a fan of the Ancient Aliens series. Um, and I think it's pretty clear there's a lot of truth on the ancient alien series, but there's so much stuff that's overdone. And like I said, they don't question anything. There's so much stuff that they just say okay to on the ancient alien series that it makes all the legitimate artifacts that they explore look invalid and stupid. And that's the problem with the new world order is whenever they present truth to you, they give you a whole bunch of lies to go with it so that the truth looks like lies. You know, that's why, for example, let's go back to the moon landing conspiracy theory. I noticed that within four to five months after 9-11, that was the first time that the moon landing conspiracy became popularized. Hmm. Hmm. Why? Well, because if you question 9-11, you're going to look like one of those dipshits that think we didn't go to the moon. And apologies to your audience if anybody listening thinks we didn't go to the moon but really i apologize it's just it's so gosh darn easy to prove that we did go the evidence is so overwhelming and stupendous again the real conspiracy is well what's up with the moon and why are yeah. they making it making it look like space travel is hard but they want you to look stupid for questioning 9-11 and they do they group in 9-11 um, people who question that, it's obviously it was a controlled demolition. All you have to do is look at Building 7. Yeah. Um, they want to group those people in with the rest of them. So that's kind of how they do that. The Ancient Aliens show, I think it was a History Channel. It was the same thing. It was a psyop to throw you off the trail to make you think this stuff is silly. The fact is there's a lot of serious minds looking at this stuff right now. 
the number two human chromosome was artificially created in a laboratory and even conventional science is embarrassed to admit it but they don't know what else to say about it it was spliced it was made by an intelligence that's what they say it was created by an intelligence and then when you ask them well what intelligence oh we don't want to talk about it we got to go okay <laughs> so the bloodlines yeah this goes way way back and i think why the super elite gutter level scumbags as i lovingly refer to them <laughs> why they are doing what they are doing is because they want their slaves back we're, we're not we're not human to them we are animals they want their slaves back and this goes way 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 back to the very beginning of time on earth anywhere from a half a million to a million years ago so that's what motivates them to do what they do and they have this whole religion built up around it too yeah, that's why they do what they do at Bohemian Grove. I'm sure you know about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got a Rumble channel, by the way, if any of your viewers are interested. Um, Rumble.com, New World All-Star. All-Star is one word uh, where I've made a few videos about this stuff. And why they do what they do, and I look at things, I break it down from a spiritual point of view because that is exactly what they're doing. A lot of the stuff that they're doing in Bohemian Grove is sorcery well it's really just the law of attraction that's all witchcraft is you know wicca and stuff like that white magic black magic those things are real but it's really just a very dogmatic like religious belief system built up around a very naturally occurring phenomenon in our universe called the law of attraction and that's what they're doing at the bohemian grove club um, it's called the cremation of care and care is one of the fundamental hidden principles of hermetic philosophy. And that's kind of their way of making it look like they're not violating our free will. So they know about all this stuff. They know about ancient aliens. They are the ancient aliens, or at least they think they are. They think that they are. I don't know if that is really true, but, you know, they are delusional enough to believe something like that. I don't know if I believe it, but that's probably what they think. Hmm. Hmm. All right, if, All you're, right, if you're, we should definitely do a part part two because I think we're gonna. Have, <laughs> I'd I love to. I, I still got a little bit more time, but I just want to say, yeah, I was. I think this could be a little bit of a series. This is fun. I, th these are the types of conversations I love having. This is wild. Um, so uh, I want to ask. Um, you you said uh, before we got uh, down this rabbit hole uh, six years ago, you had your awakening what what was that or like what triggered that and can you tell us more about that right. yeah so again twin flame is a fancy terminology for simultaneous incarnation mm -hmm. and actually if you had a time machine you would have you know thousands of simultaneous incarnations it's no different than if you knew who you used to be in one of your past lives you get in a time machine and go meet them it's the same thing it's your soul having another experience in another body. Well, you meet this person and they are you, they are your consciousness and the soul is 99 plus percent consciousness, okay? And the soul could be best described as a wave. And yes, I'm talking in terms of the collapse of the wave function the double slit experiment, right? Quantum physics, quantum field theory, this kind of thing. So the soul is a wave. 
of probabilities, each soul, each wave does have its own likeness, its own radio frequency, if you will. So you are a unique individual soul. It is true. Now, at the source, we are connected. So you'll hear spiritual people talk about, well, yeah, but we're all connected. Yes, at the level of the source. But at the level of the soul, you are a unique individual soul having experiences. So when you meet this person, it's your soul in another body. It triggers the breakdown of your pain body, your ego. So um, Eckhart Tolle, I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, he refers to it as the pain body. So, you know, quick spiritual lesson, your body, mind, soul. The mind is chakras and uh, thoughts and emotions and also the memory cloud storage system, I think is how you would describe it. It is a clump of retained thought and emotional patterns. The person, right? The personality, a bunch of retained memories, mental and emotional you know, thoughts, affective emotions that you've been retaining since you were a child. And it's an energy body. It mimics life. It's who we believe ourselves to be. But it's really an illusion. Who you really are is beyond the mind, beyond the collection of memories that I just described. You're a soul. You are consciousness. And this is the ancient Zen teachings. These are the true spiritual teachings of non-duality. True spiritualism, not the kind of pop culture-y stuff that you get on the Internet with the crystals and the healing and the clearing your chakras and this kind of thing. That's metaphysics. And that's fine. I'm not dogging it. It's totally fine. I've got crystals and stuff like that. But spiritualism truly is where you remember that you are consciousness. That is mm. who you are beyond the mind. So when you meet this person who again is another you, another experience that you had in a past life, it's your past life incarnation. They call it, twin flame, right? It triggers something called ego death, which is the energetic breakdown of the ego, the collection of memories that I mentioned earlier, what constitutes your sense of self as a mental person, right? A, a so narrative of who you are. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's good. So, so basically what you had explained earlier, you actually like went through this yourself oh, yeah. and then that's what led to the teaching and everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got yeah. it. Which makes actually logical sense that yeah. that's what occurred. Right. Twin flame, the truth about twin flames is they just trigger your spiritual awakening. It doesn't matter if you're with them or not. You can cause that to happen. They, mm. they, so, so many of my students are with their twin. I've got students that are married to their twin flame. And then I've got students that say, I'm good. I'm going to pick somebody else. I'll take the awakening. That's all it is, is your awakening. Hmm. But they trigger that. And you maybe have heard stories of other people who had other life events like a terminal illness. Like they get cancer and they barely make it out alive. Or some calamity happens in their life and they have a big spiritual awakening. Right? And they're never the same or a near-death experience and they're never the same after that right yeah. you hear stories about that well that's transcendentalism that's really what that is but there can be a triggering event to cause something like that to happen 
So this is exactly the same as that. It's just the trigger is the meeting of you and another body. And sorry, I might have missed this, but I just want to make sure I catch it. Um, is how do you know for sure if it's a twin flame? Uh, it's the spiritual awakening. Mostly, okay. I think dark night of the soul is one big indicator, but some people, they have just met like a toxic person and they're just obsessed with this toxic person. And then mm. no spiritual awakening takes place at all. Well, it was just a toxic person. If when you meet them, it triggers that obsessive experience, the ego death, after the ego death, you start to awaken spiritually, then it's your twin flame. Also, this is also another really strong indicator. When you detach metaphysically, when you detach metaphysically and they come back, then it's your twin flame. So there kind of has to be a few different key indicators in place before I would be willing to say it's another incarnation of your soul. But they're there. You, you can tell. Oh, and they kind of look like you too. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, no, I'm trying to – I'm like cycling through my life and wondering. So there could be a few that I've – uh, you could go to my YouTube channel and watch my five true signs you met your twin flame video. That's perfect. There you go. There you go. That's, that's exactly what I'm looking for. My advice is I've done a few of them. Just watch the most recent one. That's the best one. Okay. And one, one last question I have. And then if you are down for a part two, I would love to do. I'm down. Yeah. Um, uh, is, so you said – uh, you spoke about when you were five, you had the experience with the angels, but you, you said that you've had a lot of these um, experiences and you have like a whole YouTube list. But if there was like, I mean, I'm sure they're all very memorable uh, for you or like, you know, I don't know if you could pick one that's like the best, but if you were to choose to share one more, uh, like what what would that be? Because I'd like to hear it. And obviously uh, I can hear YouTube, but yeah, I, I would. <laughs> so many of them there's so many of them i didn't even like put them all on my youtube channel because i there's so many i've probably forgotten some you know what i mean but the other one that really sticks out um is probably the elephant lady so and i think she was another angel another guardian angel um it, i don't know how much time we have because it's kind of long but uh i made a video specifically about it where a, a person appeared before me and it was pretty clear that she was like watching me and she knew who I was, but she was a total stranger. And then she fucking vanished. She came out of nowhere and then she disappeared. And this happened on a public uh, light rail train. I was on the light rail train going into downtown Denver back in my um, corporate days, you know, six years ago when I worked at a, I worked at a financial institution. Well, yeah, she knew who I was and she made it perfectly clear I am not human. <laughs> All the indicators were there and she sat right across from me and she knew exactly what to do. I had an injury on my knee um, also. And, you know, the kneecap itself is about this big, right? We'll, we'll pretend my fist is my kneecap, right? So, yeah. it's, you know, it's your whole entire knee. It's kind of a large area. 
and there's this one specific tiny little spot like right here where the knee doctor said this is exactly the pinpoint place where the injury is, right? And she knew where it was enough to reach over and like, bam, like with her finger, like really hard, like jab it with her finger. And she didn't even look at me. Bitch. She didn't even look at me. And she jabbed me right on that spot. I've never seen this woman in my life. She shows up wearing an elephant coat, an elephant shirt with elephants all over it, pants with elephants, shoes that had elephants all over it, elephant earrings, elephant necklace, elephant bracelet, elephant watch, elephant rings, elephant uh, pendant on her jacket, elephant hat, elephant gloves, elephant purse, elephant bag, elephant scarf. Hmm. And she never looked at me once, not even once, but the whole entire time, I had this eerie feeling like, I'm watching you. I got my eye on you. I'm <laughs> looking at you, dude. I'm watching you. Like that. <laughs> she never looked at me, but the whole time, it's like I could feel it. And then she did that to my knee right as I was about to get up and leave, too. It was like she knew I was right about to get off the train. I was literally the train was stopping and I was going to get up. And she jabbed me on the knee right on that spot. Nobody knew where that was. And she didn't even look when she did that. And go watch the video. It's on Again, it's on my YouTube channel. If your viewers are interested, there's a playlist. It's called... Uh, my weird life as a spiritual traveler or no, no, Kurt's spiritual autobiography. And it's one of the ones where I met an angel and there's, there were other synchronistic events before and after having mm -hmm. had this encounter with this woman that made it clear to me, like what exactly the fuck <laughs> was going on with her. And it was at a really interesting time in my life. Um, but yeah, I've left my body. I've had other out-of-body experiences. Um, I've been visited by ghosts, and it's just—I could just go on all night, dude. <laughs> well, let's do that. Let's do that for part two, then, because that's a good cliffhanger. Uh, and obviously, we'll talk about other stuff because I know you have a whole YouTube series on it. But um, I would love to hear a few more of those uh, stories. They're—they're they're interesting. Like, and also on part two, I want to. I'm curious as to why some people like yourself have a lot of these experiences and then other people, and maybe it's that awakening thing, you know, I don't know, but I'm just, yeah. some people would, would listen to what you're saying and be like, you know, I know. There's, no, there's no way. And then for me, I'm, like, I'm just open. Like, I don't, I haven't had, I don't know, really. I'd have to think back. Well, this is why you have people that believe in stuff like indigo children and star seeds and, oh, I'm an old soul, and you hear stuff like that. And I don't know if there's any truth to any of those things. Like I said, I don't just blindly believe things. So yeah. I've heard about those things before, but I don't believe any of them. But I know there's something to why people believe those things. I'll put it that way. Yeah, actually. Because of people I'll, like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I lived in San Diego bef before I moved to uh, Miami. And uh, when I was there, there was this woman that was like recommended to me, like she's like some sort of 
some sort of coach and she basically was she like asked me all these questions and like read my energy or something and she's like you're one of the oldest souls like you've lived thousands of lives and i was just like like i i have no idea but you know it, it was kind of interesting to hear and a lot of my friends in the community had like spoken to her and uh so I don't know. I, I've just heard that old soul thing because that people have told me that actually my whole life, like you're an old soul. And then when she's like, you're one of the, and I didn't tell her that before. So it was just weird. I was like, I don't know. Either I, maybe I'm in the Truman show or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it seems like. <laughs> well, you're not completely off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the universe is a simulation. That is true. Like I said, even physics is starting to have that discussion <laughs> strange yeah. time live it is um well before we hop off let let people know uh and I'll, I'll definitely reach back out for a part two then but let people know where they can stay in contact um you know website if you have any books sure. podcasts, youtube all that stuff yeah youtube new world all-star new world all-star.com is my website if you want to sign up for my world-class law of attraction program you can get 33% off with coupon code ALLSTAR. So check it out. It's good Perfect, stuff. man. Thank you again for, for coming on. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me.